I won't spoil too much of the podcast, but I will say that Maelstrom, Denis Villeneuve's second movie that we watched in our Denis 2049 series here leading up to Blade Runner 2049, it's not really available on the internet. We talked about that a little bit in the podcast, but definitely made for an interesting conversation, certainly a shorter one than usual. I'm sure they will get longer as we start to understand more what's happening in the movie, but it was a worthwhile experiment and an interesting movie, so you can listen to me and Sam talk about that, and as usual, tons of great stuff on the website recently wrote about Game of Thrones the last two weeks. After episode six, does Game of Thrones think we're stupid this week? I pretty much answered yes, that uh, we are stupid. But I wrote about Jon Snow and whether he should be king or not, whether he is uh, deserving of that. And we got fireside chats starting on the website for each Denis Villeneuve movie with me and Sam. So we got our August 32nd on Earth post up on Friday. Uh, A little back and forth is what we'll do for each movie on there. Similarly to the podcast, a little more, I would say there are more flights of fancy in our written conversations than there are in the verbal ones but definitely go check that out and you know wrote about room 104 a couple weeks ago comedy bang bang rick and morty there's all kinds of stuff and you can go back and listen to many of our old episodes which i won't plug this particular week because i do it all the time but go on itunes look at the ones that we've done got descriptions for each one so you can check that out and while you're on itunes make sure you rate and review that's how people find out about the podcast that's how we get to do more cool stuff and you know talk to Denis Villeneuve at the end of this, right? And we all want that. So go do that and enjoy this episode. It'll not take too much time out of your week. A little brief one, just nice diversion from whatever you got going on. So check it out. Go to the website, thefoxworthypodcast.com. Stay tuned as we keep going through all the movies. Stay with us. Foxworthy Podcast. We're back. Episode 2 of Denis 2049. We have a really special one today. (laughs) And with me on the other line, desperately trying to throw all his personal belongings into the ocean like he's Joe Bluth, it's Sam Hensel. You get that one? (laughs) I get that reference. If all of our belongings were in a car that you try to push over the ledge and had to jump inside to to make work, then I understand. (laughs) That's all I could think of because I think... Earlier on in the movie, she threw something else. Oh, she threw a phone into the ocean from a bridge. Yes. And then she came yeah. back later and started throwing her license plate in and like her car. And I was, <laughs> it just got yep. better and better. I wish I knew why. Oh, I've, I have a guess. I could guess why. So <laughs> this week we watched the second film in our Denis Villeneuve series as Blade Runner keeps rapidly approaching. And uh, this week it was his second film from the year 2000 called Maelstrom which I think in English is probably just Maelstrom. Is that right? Yeah, like a storm, (laughs) like a tempest or something. Something like that. But yeah, this was basically a story about a woman whose life seems to fall apart after she has an abortion, which is narrated by a talking fish. But then her life 
comes back together at the end, sort of. Yeah, sort of. The thing about this movie is it's nowhere. If you want to watch it, you got to go to some weird places on the internet. Got to go across got to go across the pond to get this one. I almost I looked on eBay and there was a $35 DVD of this film that someone was selling and it and I don't even know if it had English closed captions, so I didn't buy it. Plus, it would have taken like for. That's why you didn't buy it. Thirty-five dollars. <laughs> Plus, it would have taken forever to get here. And yeah, I guess thirty-five dollars is probably a little much. But I was worried I wasn't gonna be able to watch any of this. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I found it. Unfortunately, there were no English words. So, like Sam did last week with August thirty-second. I had to watch, we both had to watch this entirely in French. The way it was meant to be listened to. The only way it could have been better is if I was on an airplane watching it in the back of a seat or something. This was an interesting experiment. I definitely feel like I had to focus a lot on the visual storytelling just to figure out what was going on. But the tricky thing about movies like this, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies without understanding what's happening. But I felt like I could tell what was happening up until like the last 30 minutes and then i just completely had no idea what was going on you got a lot farther than i did i got to as soon as i saw a fish being chopped up by a fat naked man talking i was pretty was the guy naked my my uh stream was a little blurry i i could not tell if he was he was like it was like if tarzan put his cloth on sideways where like it covered up his hips but you could see everything else (laughs) from the back at least there was I, I I guess the warning I would give is there is some unexpected graphic nudity in this. Yeah, it's French. But you're right. It's French. Ca- or Canadian. French-Canadian, right? Oh, true. Yeah. I guess we'll try to start like we did last week before we talk about the plot, which I had to research after watching it because it was hard to tell what was actually happening, like I said. Did you have any thoughts related to just the filmmaking in this in general as far as the visuals or just anything you could take away from what was going on? I mean, it looks fairly cool. It's like a well-made movie, like the last one. Uh, it's very like it's funny because it's very early two thousands colored. Like it's got the it's got that greenish bluish tint and the extremely black blacks and the extremely white whites, where you can definitely tell it's made in two thousand. Other than that, there's not a lot you can take away without really fully understanding. It was, I mean, mostly pretty. It was mostly a pretty movie and well. Well shot. No, I watched. There's... I watched on a terrible resolution, but I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I, yeah. I will yeah. say that the thing I appreciated about it was as I was trying to just use my eyes to figure out what was happening. I liked the way that they shot and edited the scenes with the lead girl. I couldn't even tell you her name now that I think about it. It is uh, according to Wikipedia, her name is. Bibiane Champagne. Bibiane Champagne. I hope that Bibiani Champagne. I hope that's pronounced Bibiane Champagne. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so the only thing I could tell was the way that they shot her, like a lot of close up, a lot of weird jump cuts, and a lot of uh, just kind of unsettled filmmaking surrounding her. Like the way that she went to like a rave, and like the cuts were really quick, and everything was sort of scattered and. The way they filmed her made her seem like she was lost and sort of confused and kind of losing her mind, which I thought came across pretty well just through the visuals, which was helpful. And that was about all I got from her because I didn't understand what she was saying. Generally, I felt like the visual storytelling was effective because 
for the most part, I understood. Well, outside of the narrating talking fish, I understood what was happening pretty much the whole time. I picked up that she was a model. See, the, at one point. So the part where it showed her as a model was the part where I actually realized that she had had an abortion at the beginning because for some reason I was just so focused on trying to figure out what was going on that I did I just had no idea. This looked like a really cool experimental movie and I wish I could have understood more. We alluded to this but the talking fish that narrates the movie and continues getting decapitated is a really interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I told you this, I was just dying to know what the fish was saying more than any other character. Yeah, I think that uh, what how different is this movie if we know if we know what they're saying? Like really like we like I am curious about what the fish is saying. I read somewhere that he's basically just narr- narrating the scene that's about to come and the guy that got run over by a car is like a fisherman or a fish salesman or something. Yeah, I had a theory for the first half hour or so of this movie that this was actually about fish in the way that we kill them without really thinking about it. It opens with her running over a fish that spilled out into the road and then there's like some fish killing later and then some more fish cutting up later on and then the there's the fish guy who gets run over by her. There was a lot of a lot of fish going on. Yeah, a lot of fish symbolism for something, maybe. <laughs> what does the fish traditionally symbolize? If you dream about fish, what is that? What does that mean? I don't know, because she woke up from that dream and had the most intense reaction I've ever seen. I rewound it and watched it again because I was surprised. She literally jumps up sideways out of bed and curls up into a ball so quickly. I don't know that I've ever... Nicole I mean, I woke up scared before, like but that was something else. It was violent. So uh, we might as well just jump into the plot because just, let's, yeah let's just get into it because here. this was tricky so what did you think happened just beginning to end in this movie so it starts out she's the abortion was pretty clear to me so that happened and then she's sad or something she drives home runs over a bunch of frozen fish in the road these guys in a big truck spill a bunch of frozen fish into a road and people just keep running them over and they're like come on well, that's all of our fish in the road right here. What are you doing? Then she drives around for a little bit. Now, this is all very disjointed and a and non-linear in my head. So let me let me try and work this out. She at some point runs over an old fisherman. She uh, out after of after like a night fear. of drinking and doing drugs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was under suspicious circumstances for sure, and which I imagine is why she threw her license plate into the into the water, or why she eventually drove her car into the water. Uh, why she maybe threw her phone into the water. I don't know. She meets several men and has relationships with them. In the end, someone pours ashes on her. And she... I feel like that was, I was dreaming the entire time I was watching this movie. <laughs> it was so strange. I could not tell you. I have about as much reasoning from this movie as I do any dream that I've ever had. Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what else to get from it. And then it ends. I guess, oh, some guy doesn't, doesn't get onto a plane. And then there's a plane crash. So I'm guessing she saved him from the plane. Yeah, she has sort of a meet-cute with a guy at the end, and they, I guess, fell, fall in love and stick together, and it, it happened very quickly, and I was thinking it was definitely one of those things that would have been more effective if I knew the words they were saying to each other that were so flirty, because all of a sudden, yes. they talked like for like five minutes, tone. and all of a sudden, they were just yeah. together, and then he got mad at her and dumped ashes on her, and then they made up, and they dumped the ashes in the ocean. Yeah. So a lot of ash dumping. Just another thing for her to throw in the ocean. Yeah. So are you ready to be surprised? I 
can't imagine I won't be surprised. Apparently. Now, the first half of this is pretty clear-cut. She has an abortion and then starts doing a lot of drugs and alcohol to try to keep herself from falling apart and then runs over Mm -hmm. that guy and then just loses it and tries to get rid of all the evidence and throws everything into the ocean, blah, blah, blah. Now, the synopsis on Wikipedia, this is the point where it takes a turn that I did not pick up on in any way in the movie. First of all, it says she survives driving her car into the river and interprets her survival as a sign that she deserves to recover her life. Wow. Which, okay, I didn't really get that. But this, Maybe. this is the part <laughs> yeah. that shocked me. The, okay. the son of the guy who she ran over is okay. a diver who was inspecting a river or something. So the guy she killed, his son runs into her and she pretends that she's his late father's neighbor and then they fall in love and at the end she confesses at some point, I don't know when this moment was, that she killed his father and then they make up and they're together at the end. So that guy from the end is the son of the guy that she killed. Oh my gosh, the son of the... Wow. A true story of redemption. Yeah, I really... Kind of. That was completely lost on me. I realized... Yeah, didn't see it at all. (laughs) I realized after there are a couple trailers of this on YouTube, and that is clearer in the trailer because there's some English subtitles on the trailer, and apparently that scene where they go with all those other people around, and they circle around that fish, and they start drinking, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) apparently in that scene, they're all like toasting like, Death to your father's killer. I hope he dies a horrible death. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. So there was supposed to be like a whole level of intrigue and tension that I just was not aware of. It was of. a little bit missed. Thoughts? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as, as much as I can say on that. I mean, this is yeah. going to be a very strange podcast because... Absolutely. I don't even know what else to say. I could tell you this, that the fish... From the beginning, well, from the whole movie, the the narrator fish, Mr. Narrator yes. Fish. The bard, right. <laughs> he inspired Denis Villeneuve to make the aliens in Arrival as good as he could possibly make them, apparently, because Maelstrom, I could not find the numbers on this, but was a low-budget film, and they had a lot of difficulty making that fish, apparently. He says that he had to make some concessions with the fish and it didn't turn out exactly how he wants it and he's always regretted it somewhat. Apparently when he made Arrival, which we'll talk about later and probably have many more cogent thoughts on. A little bit more to say, yeah. (laughs) Apparently when he made Arrival, he spent a lot more time making sure the aliens were like exactly right how he wanted them to be now you know that's the difference now, between the this movie know. and arrival man if, it, if if only he had gotten that fish right if he had gotten it as good as he got it at the aliens and arrival this movie would be so much better i'm sure and he has a has a real thing for disposing of cars i'm starting to notice too that he has a thing for doing lead female characters it's an interesting thing that we can probably talk about later once we've seen more of his movies but i know off the top of my head that Incendies is apparently about a woman. Sicario, Emily Blunt's the main character. Arrival, mm-hmm. you got Amy Adams. And the two movies we've watched so far. And then the next film, Polytechnique. Polytechnic, I don't know how you say it in French. Polytechnique. But that is about a school shooting 
that was fueled by a misogynistic girls? college student who specifically went out and targeted females. Just oh, an yeah. interesting thing to keep an eye on as we go forward, sort of like what he's shooting for with uh, his lead females. I did notice there was a Philip in this movie. I, I remember the lead girl said Philip at some point. And oh, really? There was a Philip in the first movie, so maybe... Maybe there's a Denis universe. Just maybe. <laughs> Everybody exists within the same... Gosh, my my presumption is that Philip might have been her brother, who apparently was the guy that she talked to in the first or second scene in his office, and mm. I don't know what they said, but I think Philip that... actually... Philip is the guy that gets born out of the placenta in the Blade Runner 2049, where uh, where Jared Leto says happy birthday. <laughs> That's Philip too. That's a. That, it's like a. It's like the Pixar theory. It's all about the Philip. Every Denis movie is about this character Philip. Well, yeah, my presumption was that the Philip from the first movie, who is spoiler alert in a coma at the end of August 32nd on Earth. Right. I think that maybe he winds up separated from. What's her name? Don't remember at this point. Don't remember. It's been yeah, a full, yeah. Simone, full week. Simone. You can't expect me to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I assume that they separated and he winds up just being someone who works for like the modeling agency, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it's all going to come together as the, as the films yeah. go on. It'll all make sense by the end of Arrival. It is interesting. After this movie, so he made August 32nd on Earth in 1998. He made Maelstrom in 2000. And then nine years off. I might have mentioned this last week, but he goes a full nine years without making a single movie. And still, at this day, like in 2017, he's only 49. Pretty impressive that he took a full decade off and managed to... Well, I mean, we'll get into this, but he has been churning out movies for like the last five years. He is trying to make up for lost time now. And it's working. I mean, they're all great. Maybe you should take a decade off every once in a while. Yeah, I'm curious. I couldn't find anything about this yet, and I just was talking about the female thing. It says he took time off to raise his three children with his first partner, and apparently he's remarried since then. But I wonder if he had, like, three daughters, and that's why he's so focused on... Well, that wouldn't make sense, I guess. Well, I guess he could have already had kids at the time. I don't know. I'll have to see what I can discover. What you can round up. I'll have to test out my journalistic skills. My other thoughts, I don't know. I, I love people sitting in the subway station in movies. I'm a big fan of that. I yep. loved the scene where she was sitting just talking to that random fat guy. And apparently, I saw this in the trailer and read something similarly online. She confessed to that guy that she killed somebody. Wow. Yeah. What a terrible... And he just let it go. And apparently, that's the same guy that the man sees later in the movie at a bar and he says something to to him too that he also keeps secret so maybe that guy that fat guy maybe he is the secret to the denis villeneuve cinematic universe yes and i'm desperate to figure out what the grand fish theory is of all this too oh by the way to clear to pull the circle together a little bit i the reason he dumps the ashes on her is obviously because he realizes that she was the one who killed her dad killed and those her. are his dad's ashes and so he's mad man i really thought he was gonna get up from the road when he got she she like ran him over and they spent like two two minutes just focused on him and he like kind of gets up he's struggling to get up and he gets all the way to his knees and then he just sits back down again well he did that was the most intense he part did of get movie. into his house that's true but i i and then i just guess internal bleeding maybe yeah. 
I maybe that guy is the same guy from the first movie who got hit by a car at the end, or, or got beat up by those kids in the middle of the road. Yeah. So maybe he's like, God Almighty, I got out of a coma, so, and now I'm, I'm so gonna tired. die on the road again anyway. <laughs> I got to stop crossing the street, and I've got to stop doing. I it. got to tell you, some of the blame was on him because I rewatched the scene where it switches to his angle and he walks out into the yeah. street, and that dude. Did not Pretty look negligent. both ways at all. No, no. He doesn't, I mean, I don't want to sit here and say he deserved to die, but <laughs> but he could have, he could have, he could have looked both ways. That's all I'm saying. This is a lot shorter of a movie if he just looks both ways. I, I don't even know what the movie would be about if he looks both ways. Well, it would be about, it would, it would follow him the rest of the movie in his fishing career and chopping and cutting up fish. I did find it I, funny I how the narrating movie. fish kept getting his head chopped off and then just kept talking fascinating fascinating stuff <laughs> it's riveting so what is that without reading too much into this but that is what we're doing here where is the fish when the naked man is butchering and who is that man is it hell is that fish in hell is the man the guy that got run over and he just keeps chopping he thinks he's still alive so he just keeps chopping fish in hell i gotta be honest he's you like could, i can't believe i showed up to work without pants you could convince me of literally anything being true <laughs> and i would not be able to argue against it <laughs> It was a little bit disturbing when the fish is in is in mid what I what appeared to be mid sentence because his mouth was still open. He got his head chopped off the first time, and his lip just like slowly falls open. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're saying before, but I wish you had finished. I wish you had gotten out what you were going to say. That was most interesting. That was the character I cared about the most. Yeah, that was the only character I really wanted subtitles for. I, I you take or leave the other ones, you know. Yeah, who cares? They wear it on their face. Yeah, the, the girl actor did seem like she did a really good job. And I know yeah. that was probably the most condescending way I could have said that sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the chick the chick seemed like she knew it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I felt like a lot of her emotion came across pretty well. And she did a lot. I didn't think the guy, the like rip-off Chris Pine-esque, like, that, what was that guy? Like Chris Pine mixed with Chris mm, Pratt? I, I don't even know. That, that guy was the the personification of 2000 Canada. That guy sucked. Just every guy molded into one person. Yeah, he was forgettable. The other guy was forgettable. She was pretty good. She's interesting. I just it. This is such a strange thing to have to do, and you know we have to do it. We can't just skip movies. But no. But this was a challenge. <laughs> Those are the rules. It's going to be yes. interesting listening back to this conversation. You know, decades from now when this. Denis mm, 2049 yeah. series is goes public <laughs> well <laughs> it is public uh, probably already but you know w- once it becomes like a cultural touchstone kind of thing right yes this yeah. is gonna be the argument for not watching every movie <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say for for re-releasing maelstrom with english subtitles <laughs> oh yeah but i will tell you if you go on itunes and search Maelstrom, we're probably going to be the only thing that comes up because yeah. that. Well, there's probably a there's probably a podcast about the Epcot Norway ride. <laughs> uh, I think that one was called Maelstrom. But if you do go on iTunes and search August 32nd on Earth, only two things come up: the movie and us. We're doing the podcast wow. that nobody else is brave enough to do. Yeah, it needs to be done. It's People it's got to be. Kind of <laughs> Speaking of which, thank God we're here. <laughs> Speaking of which, next week. A movie where a guy goes around a school and shoots people. Oh, boy. Oh, there's subtitles.
There are actually that movie is in English. That movie is entirely Get out English. of here. Yeah. What a joy. What a joy that'll be. Yeah, polytechnic. Yeah, joy is not the word <laughs> I would use, but it is in English. And then Incendies is in French, I believe, but is a pretty famous movie as far as foreign films go. So that one should definitely have some English subtitles. Should be findable. Yeah. And then after that, it's all English all the time. It. Learn American, people. Non-stop. <laughs> if you're going to live in America or Canada, you <laughs> yeah. speak American. What is Canada if not... What is Canada doing speaking French? How long has it been since... There was a since France occupied Canada. Long enough. That's what I long say. Enough. <laughs> long Transition. enough. Transition. The people might not get to experience this because I'm an expert podcast editor, but the amount of dead spaces yeah. we've had in this podcast have been I know. unbelievable. It's rich. This is this podcast is richly saturated with having nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe this is an argument for uh, not talking about things you don't understand. Yeah. That's important too. We should we should be allowed to speak with about this movie with full ignorance of what this movie was even about, <laughs> if, or what this if movie I've is trying to say. If I learned anything from 2016 and 2017, <laughs> yeah. it's that anyone is allowed to talk about anything, even if they don't understand it. Polytechnic is an hour and 17 minutes long, 2009. It is available on iTunes, YouTube, Amazon Video, Google Play, 3.99 each, and I'm sure. For the sketchier people in the world, you can find it other places. It's but probably free somewhere. If you want else, the yeah. highest resolution, highest quality, you gotta hit up one of those places. We'll get back to that soon, right? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out 20 years after the Montreal massacre, as it's called, I guess. A little 20-year anniversary. The next one's a little dark, but maybe we'll try to. Uh, drop an extra <laughs> i don't want to make promises i'm not going to keep <laughs> but maybe we'll try to drop an extra one later in the week to keep things from getting too uh too dark no promises that's all i got for this yeah. one I, I don't have anything else to say i have nothing else yet i don't want to think about it anymore i don't want to talk about it anymore fair enough me neither go watch this movie everyone goodbye <laughs> <laughs> go watch maelstrom <laughs> And if you're going to push your car into a river, know that it's more practical to just drive it in. Yeah. If any, if any, if I learned anything from this movie, it is that. There you have it. Be nice to fish. We'll have much more next time because there will be more information next time. But I hope you enjoyed listening to us blindly find our way through this. All right, Sam. All right, Taylor. Goodbye. I will see you next time. This Can't has wait. been Maelstrom. Bye. Foxworthy Podcast.